Okay. So um it's ten twenty six right now, Monday night. Uh, I assume everybody was watching or has heard about what happened to DeMar Hamlin, uh, second-year safety for the Buffalo Bills in the Monday night football game. Um, while tackling T. Higgins, he went down, he got up, collapsed immediately. Ambulance came on the field. He wasn't breathing. They performed CPR, eventually took him to um, University of Cincinnati Hospital, uh, the last reports that we heard, well, obviously the game was um, suspended, which obviously is not very relevant uh, or it's not the most important thing. The uh, most important thing is DeMar Hamlin's uh, condition. And the last reports we got were that um, he has a pulse, but uh, he was not breathing on his own. Um, he had been intubated. Uh, and I guess we are all, uh, hoping for the best. And if you're religious, praying, I'm sure. And, uh, waiting for further updates. Um, uh, Charlie, you and I have had, uh, conversations about the dangers of football. And I've told you a lot of um, stories about my experiences being really close to some tough situations and, mm -hmm. Never like this, you know, yeah. like um, I think the I played in a, a preseason game, which I've talked about before against the 49ers. Where um, in the postgame locker room, uh, one of the 49ers players died in the locker room. It's so different <laughs> when there's video and it's yeah. prime time and we're all experiencing something so tragic together and obviously um demar hamlin uh has not died but the intensity of of that moment watching how the players react and thinking about the time when i was on the field when kevin everett was paralyzed and we continued to play um, I had a time in college where it was in practice. One of the receivers had to get um, Hellevacked out of the practice, and we just kept practicing. Like there's sadly a number of incidences like this where football players we just kind of just keep on rolling and keep on playing. But this was different, and. Uh, reactions to things like this are interesting because and maybe it's just me but it feels like we're always having our own reaction while also like yeah. watching everyone else's reaction and and judging everyone else's reaction uh from talking heads to fans on Twitter to Roger Goodell to the coaches to the teammates it's like uh, like I said, maybe it's just me, but I felt myself like not only feeling my own emotions, but like looking at how everyone else reacted and like, yeah. it made me sick, not how everyone else was reacting, but how I was like kind of judging it. So eventually I caught myself and was like, who the f cares? <laughs> like right. this is none of this matters. And 
trying to put race to put up the the tweet to condemn Roger Goodell all this while it's like under the guise of caring about Damar Hamlin, but it also just feels like we're all angry, you know? Yeah. And we don't know uh, where, what to do with it. We're all upset. We all have emotions. We don't know what to do with it because I found myself thinking like the rush to be like the NFL, hurry up and cancel this game. Like why, why (laughs) to me, it's like, I, I get it. I get the point, but it feels like, why are we even talking about how yeah. fast someone can cancel the game? Well, and to your point, I, I don't think that the rush to cancel the game or the rush to condemn Roger Goodell is as big a deal as the fact that it had to come from 23, 24, 25 year old men who were on the field when someone was part of a horrendous tragedy who was gravely injured. Um, those are the people who shouldn't decision because they're too close to it and seeing Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, countless players on the bills and bangles weeping. Um, that's not a feeling I've ever seen or felt. And it's not that I want accountability for Roger Goodell, but I, I expect him to protect the players from something that is so emotionally grievous and tragic that they can't make these decisions themselves. And there needs to be a lack of callousness that these guys and the coaches, you know, they should, they should be able to feel and be not on TV, having their faces recorded, feeling this way. I don't want to fall into the trap that annoys me. Like I, I don't care about that stuff. So we shouldn't talk about it anymore. I think, um, uh, obviously, uh, the way that the players are impacted by this, uh, well, first, uh, Demar Hamlin, the long-term impacts on him. In the best possible scenario, it's still an experience that has to be life-changing in some way. And hearing that, um, uh, his mother rode with him to the game, and she was in the stands. I, I, I think the the sudden shifts in like emotional, like um, I guess uh, emotional state. Yeah. To me is like what is really hard to reconcile with because it was a sudden shift for me or I'm sitting there getting my hair cut, watching the game, taking some notes. I saw him fall back down and I was like, oh, another concussion. And that was like bad. And then it built to more and imagining um, what his mother must feel, what his teammates must feel like all that stuff is what um, I found myself grappling with and hoping for the best, obviously, and and not knowing what to do. And like that, that helplessness uh, is like a real bad place to be, <laughs> you know, it just feels so helpless and, and I don't know, just anyway, I think we're all emotional. It's a tough place to be in. I I, I don't know how, um how much interest people have and 
the rest of the football conversations that we had um, earlier today before this game happened. We recorded a podcast and we decided that it was important to come back on and acknowledge this. Uh, we'll certainly continue to record uh, and come back on as we get more information. But um, Charlie, unless there was anything else that you wanted uh, to ask or say, I guess we can direct people who want to hear the rest of the show um, towards that. Um, other than that, I mean, we, we are, we're hoping for the best and, yeah. and that's, that's all we can do. And we can address all the fallout after we get some more information and uh, get a firm understanding of uh, DeMar Hamlin's uh, his state and his uh, prognosis going forward. Yeah. That's all everyone's actually thinking about tonight is hoping for the best for DeMar Hamlin and his family. All right. Well, thank you, Addie, Sarah, Christina, and Charlie for hopping on in short notice and helping me do this. And again, if you want to hear the rest of our conversation about football prior to this occurrence, it's here for you to listen to. And I, I plan on coming back with uh, more thoughts uh, on this, given like my own experience as a player and my background in unions, like it's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that I think it's probably inappropriate to talk about until we have more information, but it's all swirling around in my head and it's got to come out somehow sometime. So, all right, again, enjoy the rest of the podcast if you wish. If not, I get it. Off top, in 1921, the Green Bay Packers were kicked out of professional football for playing a game with three Notre Dame players. A year later, Green Bay started a new NFL franchise named the Green Bay Blues. After one season as the Blues, they changed their name back to the Packers. So the original Green Bay Packers died in 1921. These Packers are actually the Blues. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? I know you didn't know that one. I had no idea. Fascinating. Apparently, um, Hall of Famer Curly Lambeau out here scheming because he, he went to Notre Dame, brought some players. on. It was a big problem. Uh, I'm reading this book. Uh, I think it's called NFL Century. I'm reading this book and a lot of uh, my recent off tops have come from there. It is wild in college football. This is like taking us back to the the debates from a couple of years ago. Could Alabama beat the Browns yeah. like, in 1921? Yes. yes. Absolutely. The best players were in college because professional football was a joke. Anyways, I, br- I named the Packers for a specific reason, because I think the Packers do it demand to be talked about. Yes, I'm not going to do it. Yes. I'm going to say demand to be talked about because they are playing really well. I, I think so in football, we uh, in football. So when I was playing, everyone would break games in the or break seasons into four game chunks it worked out back when we had 16 games but i've always kind of thought of and when we watch film to prepare for a team we'd look at their last four games and maybe we pick some other teams that play a similar style defense of us as us to see what they like to do and we kind of got accustomed to thinking of four game chunks as being kind of representative 
And so it's the last four weeks for the Packers. They talk about playing good ball at the right time. It's been well, really interesting. It's really interesting. And I I don't want to do a victory lap, but on, on our show, Debatable, our other show, which you should also listen to, you were off the last week before before Christmas. Right. And I was talking to our friends, Mina and Pablo, and I was like, Packers are going to make the playoffs, aren't they? This is going to happen. They have three games left. It was right after, you know, the whole Cowboys thing where the Cowboys blew that that 10-point lead and, yeah. and the Packers won. And they sort of laughed at me, but they're like, you know, the roster is nice and we think Dobbs and Watson are good. Jerry Alexander, the pass, pass rush is back. And I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe I'm ahead of myself. Maybe I'm over my skis. I am not. Uh, we're going to we'll get to this in a little bit, but I think they're playing as good football as anyone in the NFC. Like they are the team to be that no one wants to play right now. If you look at the last four weeks, you would put them above the Eagles and the Cowboys. We're going to get to power rankings in a bit, but I don't feel like that's crazy. And they're not even in the playoffs. I'm, I'm laughing at the team that no one wants to play. And as a rule, I don't know that I've named this rule officially on my podcast, but I always think this. But now I'm going to officially put this out here as a rule. You can't use a cliche without explaining what the cliche means. So the team that no one wants to play is not – it's a weird thing to say because the team that no one wants to play is always the best team. Like That's who no one really wants to play. But when people exactly. say the team that no one wants to play, what they mean is the team – who's hot right now, right? Or, or it's the team who's going to sneak in and is actually better than they than we expect. It's like, which one of those do the, do the Packers qualify for, in your opinion? Sort of all of them. <laughs> They're definitely the hottest team right now, them or the 49ers. And they could be the highest ceiling team in certain ways if this is if they're all of the pieces work because let's go through the NFC quarterbacks that they're going to play with. And uh, it's really hard to bet against quarterbacks in playoff games. Brock Purdy, Aaron Rodgers. We're not sure if it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. Dak Prescott, who can't stop throwing interceptions. Uh, Tom Brady, which is fair. Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Daniel Jones. Like, there is a real case that they're actually the team that no one wants to play because of, yes, they're hot. Two, they could be bad matchups for teams like we just saw with Minnesota. And three, they probably have the best quarterback in the NFC going into the postseason. So by net EPA, I did the last four weeks. Um, they are fourth behind the Chargers, the 49ers, and the Jags are the number one team by net EPA. So anyway, they are very good. The thing about this team is their roster's always been really impressive. And they've lived up to the hype in so many ways in regular season record, not in playoff performance. This could be the opposite, <laughs> the opposite season where... Because it's if you look at their, I assume that their old, I think it was like three or so weeks ago, I assumed that their old line was bad because they had some injuries and because their season was bad. And I looked up the numbers and and watched them play. I was like, oh, their old line's actually pretty good. The receivers took some time, but they're actually pretty good. Two running backs have been really good all season long. The the names on the defense have been great all year long, but haven't been consistent. They were incredible on mm -hmm. defense against the Vikings and very good. I mean, it's hard to tell about the Miami game, whether it was the two a concussion or right. it was the Packers defense, but concussion or no concussion. The fact of the matter is they balled out against Miami and the important parts of the game. So this is to me, at least this is one of those situations where I was wrong too. 
I thought that they were done. And I, I'd been making the argument that I think they are going to be a real legitimate contender next season because I saw right. how good they were playing. But I was like, eh, your hole's too deep. You're not going to get out of it. The But they do look like they're going to get out of it. And they're doing it without Aaron Rodgers being MVP Aaron Rodgers, which I don't know Didn't if that's need Didn't need scary or if we should – I don't know how we should – um how we should interpret that. Does that mean that once he gets on, they'll be really good or he's not that good anymore? Well, I don't think we needed to take anything away from, from yesterday. Cause that was a thorough kicking of the Vikings from start to finish. So him not needing to throw the ball when they were dominating on the ground, they didn't get Watson going on his return. They didn't. He still, to. but uh, sorry to cut you off. He still yeah. did freaky stuff though. Like he still, that was the most impressive thing. I thought when I started to really believe in them in the Miami game is he did those Aaron Rodgers passes that we rarely yes. see anyone other than Mahomes do. He did a couple of those. He also ran with the ball. And I noticed in this game, even Aaron Jones dropped one of those, like kind yeah. of scramble Aaron Rodgers. And he's, he has the capability. You see it show at times. So, yeah, I don't know what Ooh. the talking heads are talking about on TV today, but they should be talking about taking the Packers seriously. They definitely should. And also, like, to your point, hasn't had a QBR over 50 in their last three weeks. Really. He's had the worst season of his career. I Like, very, very clearly. With that said, he's still, we know the capability he has, and we know that the receivers are coming around, and Aaron Jones is one of the best cat, pass-catching backs in the league. The last thing I want to put, it, put out about the Packers, well, two things. One, they're not in the playoffs yet, and it would be hilarious if they ended up losing to the Lions, and we get cold takes exposed one week later. Um, but the second thing is, shout-out to Jair Alexander, because – he reanimated the gritty that that was dead. It was it was co-opted by Mac Jones and Mike Kosicki. And to do that on Justin Jefferson, who then almost bonked the ref with his helmet. He was so upset. You as a defensive back that you had to feel like a like a, a proud father in that moment that there's a whole generation of guys. I couldn't wait to get up and watch that game this morning. Watch the coaches film of that game to see what they did. And they doubled um, Jefferson a few times, which I don't have a problem with that. I, I still think you can celebrate, given how the rules are tilted in the receiver's favor. If you make a play, even in a double team, go ahead and celebrate um, Alexander or any cornerback. The thing that I noticed was the whole secondary. Like, even that kickoff return was from Nixon, the cornerback, the touchdown. Like, their secondary was balling. Everyone, the interception, Douglas tipped it up and – Savage caught it and then took it to the crib when it seemed like he it was unlikely interception. And one thing I noticed about Alexander, since that was the main person I, I was watching throughout this Beautiful was eyes. he wanted to fight everybody the whole game long. He came in there with a uh, with a mindset that was on edge. I saw one of the interceptions feeling it might have been Amos's interception, maybe anyway. Whoever had it was running out of bounds and Thielen chased him out of bounds. And don't find him, but Alexander went and found Thielen and rolled up on top of him unnecessarily just because he wanted to get his hands on him. The other interception, he ran up on the back of Jefferson and just started pushing him. He wasn't trying to block him. He just was trying to fight him. Yeah. And, like, there was another play in there. Uh, oh, and I remember seeing one time the running back got in in the flat. Um, Jair just kind of, kind of, uh, just corralled him until the cavalry came. He didn't want to go head up with, with, uh, Dalvin cook, but generally he was, and he was like quick jamming and lunging. 
uh, at Justin Jefferson. It just was, it was a clinic. And I noticed that they, they moved from once it was very smart what they did defensively. It's like once they showed that they were willing to double Jeff Jefferson early and that Alexander was quick enough to take away some of the underneath stuff and outside stuff. And by the way, they did a bracket double team, which I've said on this podcast before that I hate them, but they did it well. And Justin Jefferson never ran, never split it. But once they did that, it was clear that um, the Vikings were ready to go elsewhere. And so that's when, that's when they moved away from the double coverage. And then the Vikings like, kind of just kind of had written Justin Jefferson off and didn't try yeah. to come back to him again till late in the game. So anyway, it's a lot from watching that game. It was fun. They're all good. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I was just to say the first thing I noticed about Jair Alexander, beautiful eyes. Oh um, my God. He is on the all eyes team. Yeah. He's got him. Yeah. Him and uh, Jalen hurts. They could start a boy band. Yeah. Um, but the thing is it actually, you know, what it reminded me, cause like you, you have this every once in a while where you have a defensive back that sort of, really pisses off a receiver mm-hmm. like we we've seen that from time to time but the one it reminded me of and they're obviously very different players but it happened over like three years and this is the exciting part about this they're going to continue to play against each other was when sean taylor would go against terrell owens when he was on the cowboys and mm-hmm. then the or the eagles and then the cowboys he tortured him twice a year for three consecutive years and that's like the the exciting part about this we're going to see this continue to happen and they should be at the peak of their powers roughly at the same time yeah, that is pretty interesting and pretty exciting. And he's going to uh, Jefferson's going to win some. Alexander's going to win some. Did um, you could say Jefferson won the first meeting when he had like 200 plus yards? Yeah, he didn't have 200. He was just under 200. Uh, just under. Well, he's like 190 something. But yeah, he he went all the way off. Um, was it Revis and, and Moss? Except that was just one season that they were against each other. Did um I feel like Josh Norman had some beef in his division? No, no, Beckham. Uh, was Odell? Oh yeah, Josh. They weren't in the same division, but they played enough and to there have was beef. Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan. Oh, the fisticuffs, <laughs> and that was the same division. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. That wasn't the you know they weren't the same quality. Yeah, of, but whatever. It was fun. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Can we pivot now? Because I, I do have the, the Packers very high in our power ranking. So right. I made for you and I'm going to present these to you. NFC and AFC playoff power rankings. I separated them because this is the point of the season where it's not really, it's not really value in ranking, you know, the Bills against right. the 49ers. 
at this point, it's about the tournament and there are these two separate tournaments going on. So I put them in tiers and I want to know what you think about them because they might sound spicy, but I have recency bias. I'll admit it. And I think that that matters in football because of a thing called momentum, which is very controversial and momentum. And I just mean they're playing well at the right time. So here's the first tier. It's in the NFC. I'm going to go to the NFC first because it's weirdly more interesting to me. In the top two teams I have, I call the, I shouldn't trust you, you slippery assholes, but damn it, I can't help myself. Um, and my number one team in the NFC right now is the 49ers um, because okay. I think they have the best defense in the NFC. I think their offensive skill positions are great. George Kittle has turned into a superstar tight end again. Ayuk has emerged as a really, really high end number two or a low end number one. Debo's not even back yet. McCaffrey's absurd. And we keep waiting for Brock Purdy to fall apart. But he was actually down 10 against the Raiders team that's not that bad. Uh-huh. He came back and they won the game twice. Like they missed the kick and they made it in overtime. But they, were, they to me, are a real contender to win this whole thing. I like that. Um, I don't have any disagreement with that other than the fact that you didn't mention any defensive players and you led with the Fred offense. Warner, also on the Allies I, team. Yeah, I'm just uh, – no, nah, I wasn't implying that you didn't know any. I'm just suggesting that maybe they deserve some credit too. Yeah, well, I because, did say they were the best defense in the NFL. Right, and I, I was thinking – it might have been a meanest podcast that we were talking about how fun it must be to be a 49ers fan mm-hmm. and that you're excited when the offense is on the field but you might be more excited when the defense is on the field. Like they, they are just as prone to create some sort of game changing play as offense. And nobody's like that. No one else in the league is like looking forward to punting. Like, Oh man, let's punt. Bosa is going to get back out there. Like that's a cool place to be anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with them at number one, particularly after this weekend, because the thing that I was waving around was Brock Purdy ain't been in trouble yet and he was in trouble and he handled it well yeah he's he's fine he's pretty good also yeah kind of impressive from jared Sidham, who oh yeah was a total write-off he great athlete good arm talent like he seems like a real backup or low-end starter maybe in the nfl get another yeah. shot certainly the tools uh the second team i have in this tier this is gonna be the spicy one it's the packers um and i'm just saying right now in the nfc they are playing the second best football and you look at the roster construction. You look at the fact that if they're win, if they win in their in against the lions, I don't know. They're the team I trust the second most. I know I shouldn't. I know Aaron Rodgers is going to break my heart. Like he does every single year in the postseason, but I do trust that team the second most. Okay. So the, the competition for that would be the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eagles, Everyone has adversity and everyone gets bitten by the injury bug. Most teams, at least at some point during the season, the Eagles are having these things happen at the worst possible time and the biggest injuries. And yeah, I mean, Lane Johnson, uh, obviously uh, Jalen Hurts, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like, mm-hmm. and and they lost Sweat yesterday. That defensive line depth, it just, it's just, it feels like the best, it, the best team we've seen this year. Like the best of every team. I think the Eagles' best is better than anyone else's best. Interesting. However, I do not think that we're going to get 
the Eagles' best in the playoffs, and we are we certainly aren't getting it right now. So, ah, yeah, if we're only looking at the last four weeks and trying to project things going forward, uh, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off for now. I think okay. the Eagles well, and 49ers are, are very close, and that's a problem when you're on your third quarterback that you're very close with uh, another team. All right. All right, so the next tier I have is that I know you're good, but you got problems tier. Uh, yeah. Big problems. And that to me is the Eagles and the Cowboys. Both of them have a shot of actually still winning the NFC East, which is crazy because mm-hmm. the Eagles seem to have locked up the one seed. They've lost these two games with Gardner Minshew. And I, I assume Gardner Minshew is going to start week 18. I guess we don't know. I have, I'm not going to doctor and pretend I know what's going on with Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Um, but these two teams are really interesting to me because the Cowboys' problem is they're just not playing. They haven't played that well over the last four weeks. It's not like a huge injury, a huge injury thing. Dak's just throwing a lot of interceptions. He's even raised his hand and like, I got to stop making these mistakes because these are games, game swinging turnovers. And like we talked about, I'm just not that confident in the Eagles. I'm, Eagles team going into the postseason until I see that they actually have their guys out there. If you, if you gave me the the week 12 Eagles in the postseason, I'd, they'd be number one, but that's not the case. Yeah, um, I already went on the Eagles for a little bit. So my view on the Cowboys is you made the point that they aren't playing well right now. That's obvious. The interceptions I've defended Dak. I don't think that's the biggest problem that they have right now because uh, so many of those interceptions are like situational based interceptions. But it's hard to argue that he played well against Tennessee. (laughs) That's like that was a bad team that uh, well a team that we thought was done. And it felt like to me, at least the Cowboys defense came through and won that game. And they should, they were playing against uh, an offense that didn't have their starting quarterback or their most valuable player in the running back and O lines depleted. So the Cowboys defense should have dominated that, but putting it all together is something that we haven't seen the Cowboys do except for like the Minnesota game, I guess. Yeah. And it's hard for me to expect them to start doing it now. So they're one of those teams that that are good enough, but aren't consistent enough. Honestly, me, I, I feel like with with the Cowboys, I'm really, I'm really, really shaped by the Texans game that they won twenty seven to twenty three because they had just come off of, you know beating the Vikings, beating the Giants, and beating the Colts by a million points. And I was like, oh, this team is great. They can be at the top of the conference. And then they played poorly against the Texans, and that's sort of – it's not been a spiral because they've won three of their last four, but their their quality of play has gone down. And I know there'll be nerds being like, they've won three of the last four, there's all these stats that back it up. We have eyes. They aren't playing that well. Um, all right, next tier. This is the who invited these guys tier. Uh, they're just like this is the bottom of the NFC that's just really not that great. It's the Bucks who clinched and are eight and eight. The Lions who play the Packers who uh, I don't want to write you off. They're my sixteen. The seventh team is the Vikings. They're twelve and four with a minus nineteen point differential. Um, I personally think they're probably the worst team in the NFC North. That's right. On any given Sunday, they could lose to the Bears. And then the last one is the Giants who Brian Dable, you are a great coach. Um. You have a lot of, you've had a lot of injuries. Saquon hasn't been the same guy since he hurt his shoulder and your smoking mirror is like, congrats on making the playoffs, but you're not that great of a team. Your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, Tom Brady was incredible and incredible. His most, yeah. In his most recent game. Um, but he has not been incredible in 
pretty much any of the other games except for like the final minutes. This team just isn't like I, I watched that game. Carolina was better than them. <laughs> they lost, but I thought Carolina was better. Uh, they fell apart at the end. And yeah, I don't, they definitely are not a team that I think anyone should be too concerned about going into the playoffs. Uh, as for the Giants, yeah, you already had your Super Bowl. You're done. You won. You got to the playoffs. You surprised everybody. You you found Gatorade maybe bath. a quarterback in Daniel Jones. What'd you say? They gave they gave Dable a Gatorade bath. It was beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, that was right. They they knew it was time to celebrate. This is the end of the road. Um, was that everybody that was in that tier? Oh, the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings and uh, Lions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Vikings. We've all been talking about how the Vikings catfishing us all year long. I was going to say I, I can't games, wait to pick against not. them in our in our in our picks in the playoffs. But it's not going to. They're going to be like seven point dogs at home. It's not going to be fun to pick against that team. Right. Yeah. They. No one believes in them. Uh, it's funny that no one believes in them, but they have the greatest comeback in the history of football. It's like the yeah, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> don't talk about my man jeff my man jeff got his ass kicked again this week Ugh, it hurt Tough it scene. hurt robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary ai to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, let's, pivot through, let's pivot to the AFC, which I think is more cut and dry, but I can run through these pretty quick and let's see what you think. All right. I won't cut you. I'll try not to cut you off this time. No, no, it's all good. So here's my top tier in the AFC. These are probably the three best teams in the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if any of them won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, who played the Raiders next week. The Bengals, who we're taping this before Monday Night Football. Bengals and Bills are playing tonight. I have the Bengals two and the Bills three based on how they're playing. All three of these teams have paths to the number one seed, depending on how the last few games go. All three of these teams have elite quarterbacks. Um, we've seen all three of these teams over the course of the season play football as good as anyone in the NFL, the Eagles included, or on that tier. Okay, hold on. I'll stop you that before you get off that tier. I love that tier. That's the right tier. But we need to put a reminder in our phone for next year. Teams change over the course so of the much. year. That's it. Just put a reminder in our phone so that after week four next year, we're not crowning anybody. We're not um, writing anybody off because I feel so much worse about the Bills mm -hmm. than I do about the Chiefs and I think even the Bengals. 
and and they're the number one seed right now. Going into this yeah. Monday Night Football game, they have the number one seed. And they, I mean, they might win tonight. And doesn't I, it doesn't mean that I don't think they can win. They can win the Super Bowl and they can beat the Bengals tonight uh, and whatever. But they are so Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> they're so Josh Allen in a way that even the Chiefs are not. And, in a game where Patrick Mahomes threw the ball to himself, made a positive play out of it, even the Chiefs feel less like reliant on Patrick Mahomes being great than the Bills do, uh, which doesn't make sense because the Bills actually have a reasonable defense. But I, I think it's just when you are watching the game, the number of things that I think are a product of uh, scheming and like giving Josh Allen easy opportunities, the like percentage of those to like Josh Allen being amazing is, it's very skewed in the Josh Allen direction, which may be on Ken Dorsey's um, offensive game plan and scheming, or maybe on Josh Allen's decision making. But they go as he goes, which is scary, particularly when uh, that Bears game, he was throwing that thing all to all the wrong places. All right. Yeah. No, no, I'm totally with you. I mean, when you earlier, uh, you you said that you thought the Eagles had played the highest level of football that this entire year of any team, and I immediately thought of the first four weeks of the Bills, and we thought they were the yeah. greatest show on turf. Um, yeah. there there's a parallel to me there because they've also their secondary got destroyed with injuries. Josh Allen obviously hurt his elbow. It feels sort of like Eaglesy that their team was more fragile than we realized. Um, the one follow up I wanted to have on the Chiefs. Have you ever seen anyone chill more towards the end of the season than Patrick Mahomes is now? He looks like he's literally out there doing a second preseason, getting ready for the playoffs. I think that's part of it is like he makes it look so easy. And it just he threw a red zone interception, which I was like, huh? Yeah, after he almost feathered that ball to Juju in the back of the end zone, that absurd pass rolling left. That, yeah, he he like throws a rise ball. I don't even like baseball, but I... Yeah, it's it's impressive. He threw a pass to himself. He has like five or six highlights a game that would make up someone else's um, like all time career highlights. He does at least two a week, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, he's got already has 5000 yards and 40 touchdowns. He has, he has another game to play, but we've totally yeah. forgotten about him as as per usual. Um, yep. The next year, this is the if they get hot. I don't, I don't really know what to make of this team. That's the Chargers. They're their own tier tier here. Yeah. Um, because they've been two, maybe three different teams over the course of the season, to your point. They're a lot like, yeah, they're a lot like the Packers in that they have a lot of talent on defense, but it rarely lives up to the amount of talent. And when that happens, there you're like, damn, this team's really good. Uh, they got hit with some bad injuries too. Losing Rashawn Slater was a huge one. Um, and obviously Herbert's been had that rib issue that he's been nursing. He seems to be healthy from that now. But yeah, he's yeah, that they're one of those teams that I think could get a win yeah. that is unexpected and throw off. Like I if agree. they see the if they see the Chiefs again, like they could beat the Chiefs. Yeah. They're capable Chiefs of beating the Chiefs. Games against the AFC West. They really yeah. have. So yeah, I think that that team is interesting. They got they're on the doorstep. 
they got some real important decisions to make this offseason. I think that takes them up a notch. But we, we don't need to spend four to the offseason. We can talk about them right now. I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender, but I could see them messing things up for somebody else. Please get some fast guys this offseason. We'll do a whole episode on yeah. that. The next tier, this I have three tiers that each have one team in them because I didn't know how else to do it. The next tier is the I'm not I'm not mad. I'm I'm just disappointed. Um, and that's the Ravens. Like they yeah. are the toughest watch right now of a team that's clinched yeah. the playoffs. Like it is brutal to watch both their offense and their defense is playing a lot better, but it's brutal to watch these games. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they're real legitimate contenders. No. So uh I guess the, the thing and the fact of the matter is when Lamar comes back, if he comes back, he's good enough to be a one man like offensive stimulus. I thought about bumping them up a tier because of that, but I also like we needed to we needed to put them in their own tier because we are disappointed in you, Baltimore. Right. But I was yeah, he's capable of being that. But even before he was hurt, he wasn't that. I mean, I guess he kind of was, but it wasn't enough points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. And they don't got no receivers. It's just a, it's, it ain't pretty over there right now. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm disappointed. The next tier is also a line. We can, we can, we'll breeze through the rest of these. Is our sixth team in the AFC is the, well, they have Trevor Lawrence, and that's just the Jaguars uh, because they've been playing some pretty good ball. He's emerged as a top 10 quarterback. They play the Titans to get into the postseason next week. And if you just look at that game in a vacuum, you'd, think that the Jaguars should be heavily favored because they've been playing much better. And they, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence versus Malik Willis. I just told you in the last, um, since week 14, they have the best EPA in football, net yeah. EPA in football. since. So they are playing better than anybody right now. And Trevor is coming to his own. So uh, we talk about Dayball as coach of the year, probably likely, but I mean, what Doug Peterson's doing down there is really impressive also, particularly with this late run and, uh, I don't know how deep they could make it because they aren't consistent enough yet, but it's going to be fun to see Trevor match up against one of these great AFC uh, quarterbacks because Trevor seems like he's on his way and he doesn't have all the help that he's Travis Etienne is turning into something really good, which is, which is nice to see, but like Zay Jones is on and on and off every now and then. So we'll see what they can do around him. Yeah. Um, and he's been, you know, He's been chilling the last two weeks against the Jets and the Texans. Like those, those yeah. games were not close from the jump. Um, and then the final tier, this is interesting because like all of these teams are really well coached. Like teams would trade, probably trade first round picks for all of these coaches. And all of these teams still are mathematically allowed into the playoffs. And this is the, well, they're really, really well coached, but woof, they are bad. That's the Dolphins who have fallen apart. They were eight and three. I have them as my seventh team, the eighth team, the Steelers, ninth team, the Patriots with their awesome secondary and the 10th team, the Titans, who just cannot move the ball anymore. Um, all these teams could make the playoffs. The Dolphins play the Jets, the Steelers play the Browns, the Patriots play the Bills, the Patriots are the win in their end team, and the Titans play the Jaguars. What do we want to see in the playoffs? Well, I think the most fun situation would have been if Tua was healthy. And, right. But honestly, I want, I want to see the Patriots in the playoffs. I want to see the Patriots make it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the two, uh, so who'd you name? You said the Dolphins, all the Steelers and the Patriots, right? And the Titans. Titans, if they beat the Jaguars. And the Titans. Yeah. Uh, we don't want the Titans. That's not fun. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Miami would be. I, I think I might rather see Miami either way because Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. No matter who's throwing them the ball, who is their quarterback now? Well, so now Teddy Teddy Bridgewater has a concussion, or is or is in concussion yeah. protocol. I shouldn't say it's a concussion. I guess it's Skylar Thompson, who just does not look like he's ready to play NFL football. Uh, right, and that's that's really tough because their offense had been awesome, and yeah. I don't want to do the whole grandstanding thing, but the Tua thing is feels like a ticking time bomb if he comes back. Like I just can't imagine him playing yeah. football. Like the most recent. Uh, reports are that he sort of discovered his concussion because he was watching film and couldn't remember these plays happened. And like, mm-hmm. that's, it just seems like one of two of their concussions were tough and part of playing football. His first one, his third one, the second one, which was really traumatic was because they put him out there too soon. And I just can't imagine they'll make that mistake again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. The, the Patriots one, I'm surprised you're not on that one because that defense and those defensive defense, backs, yeah. they scored touchdown every week. Yeah, that's that's fun. I, I think you're right. I was just I mean, the the offense for the Patriots and it's also just like, I guess, Patriots fatigue also is like it's it's nice to have a playoffs every now and then that don't have the Patriots in them. And what Josh Allen did to him last year. Oh, <laughs> that, that was a travesty. Um, calling the Patriots well coached. They are well coached defensively. <laughs> uh, I'll leave that there. Uh, we'll see. Yes. I, I guess I guess you're right, though, because. Watching uh, Skyler play for Miami is not as much fun as uh, I think what the Patriots defense can create. So, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So that's are we done with your tears? That Those are all my tears. The rest of the teams are out and I don't care about them. Well, I guess we're good then. Roses and thorns. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for everyone's favorite Foxworth and favorite part of the show. And we got a super secret surprise. It's actually not really a secret, but it is a surprise coming later. That'll be pretty fun in this episode. But anyway, Roses and Thorns. Hey, I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? Okay, I think I do. I don't know. I mean, okay, well, maybe it's a surprise for you too. So um, we might want to speed through your Roses and Thorns for me so we can get to the good one. Ooh, okay. So just jump right in. First of all, happy new year, everybody. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a new, you didn't even say that. Oh no, you probably said it earlier. In the yeah, show. this is at the end of the podcast. So I'm hoping that I already I forget, told everybody I forget. happy new year and all that stuff, but you can tell them happy new year. Happy new year. Happy 2023. Um, I'm hoping for a great year for all of you and for us um, at home. Um, okay. So roses. So this feels like such an abrupt, like, just dive oh, in. We haven't even wanna, done these um, in like three weeks. Gosh. I, I already um have I just caught myself and I was about to say, did you want some foreplay? But then you would have got <laughs> mad at me and made a funny face. So I'm already doing better in 2023. <laughs> Look I'm at not you. Making inappropriate jokes. I'm just telling you about the inappropriate jokes that I could have made. Look at you. Thank you. You're still getting the jokes out though. Um, okay, roses are so I have Crohn's disease, which is like a chronic like autoimmune disease in my stomach. That's sometimes. a thorn. I mean, you're saying it's a thorn about me? No, I mean, in your life, Crohn's disease is not a thorn. Okay, yes. I thought you were saying, like, a thorn about me is that I have Crohn's disease. Okay, don't even start, Dominique. Crohn's disease. 
<laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I was obese as a child and suddenly lost weight and looked like unhealthily skinny at like right before high school. And then after that, I was never obese again, but like my weight will fluctuate kind of with like my doctor like, oh, you're gaining weight. Great. You're healthy. But so by the time I got to college, I was no longer obese, um, which is perhaps had I been, we don't know if whether or not if I had been obese in college, we don't know whether or not we would have ended up dating. I would like to think Dominique would have seen how much he would want yeah. to have a future with me, yeah. regardless of what yeah. size my pants were. I mean, I'm and we all about be right what's here. inside. I would yeah. have been able to sense that you're a great soul. And like, hey, I just would have assumed that we have some D linemen and not. <laughs> that's all anyway um but anyway so i have crohn's and like randomly like i'll have like stomach issues and so i had whether at first i thought it was a stomach bug because my niece had a stomach bug and i was like eh, eh, that's just crohn's um being a little crohnsy and so you just are so thoughtful and you take such good care of me whether it's like giving me my injections which actually i every two weeks for like the past several years i've taken um a medicine by injection self-injection but I was always scared to do it myself. So Dominique always had to do it for me. But then one time I was annoyed with him and I was like, I'll figure this out myself. This is only a few months ago. So it's like years that he was doing it. Um, and I figured it's like meant to be a self-injection. It's very easy. It's the auto-injection, very easy to do yourself. And out of spite, I did it myself. Um, and it's actually easy and I can do it myself. So whether it's like that, all the time that you like did do that, or like when I'm feeling sick, like, you know, you're like kind of, and sometimes these things can be annoying, but you're like, do you want me to make you a smoothie? Cause like having smoothies for like a couple days, instead of like trying to eat like a prime rib for dinner, um, will like help, you know, me feel better over the long run. Um, and he's just really thoughtful. So that's definitely a rose for you. Another rose is that we went out New Year's Eve. Like it was the first day that I was feeling kind of normal, um, but not like all the way normal. Like we went out to this like course to me on a double date with friends on New Year's Eve. And um, I think it was the first New Year's, New Year's Eve, other than maybe one time where we might've gone back out to a party at Whitney's house, but it might've been the first New Year's Eve since like, and we spent like every New Year's Eve together since I would say when 2000, 2006, um, yeah. that we made it out until midnight. I will say, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a, that picture that Olivia took of us that I posted. I zoomed in on it and you're holding your phone in your hand and the screen is facing the picture. Your watch is not say midnight because our watches are never set properly because who needs oh, a watch? Yeah. It's just more like an accessory. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Uber app is up on your phone. Yes. Like right as it was like midnight, we oh, took yeah. a picture, the Uber app, you were like, here's my car to pay the check and here is our ride home. And so that is and my road. appreciated it as, and as I did. much as because oh, <laughs> you were ready to go to bed too. Quite honestly, my thorn is also that you made it out until midnight because I can count on you normally as being the one to be like, rudely wrap it up with your little twirling finger and let's go home. And I can be like the one people think is fun. And I'm like, oh, Dominique is making us go home. I'm like, I don't think he's <laughs> going to leave me. Oh, he's so boring. Dominique. Like sometimes I think it almost turns into like a real argument. Like, and sometimes I actually do want to say, but sometimes like I like, almost pick a fight like for shows i'm like oh he always does this so can't you just stay fine dominique stop da, da, da. but it's really nice when i don't have to be the one that wants to go home yeah. when i am really tired and do when i go home so that is also my thorn i don't mind i don't mind being um disliked <laughs> it works for me but uh you are the fun happy bubbly one and i can be the thorn and you are the rose. What a Another great thing. Another rose so, is that oh, you're better roses? at disciplining the kids than me lately. <laughs> um, I am, I am either like 
get particularly with one of them, like super angry or laugh oh, at his bad antics. Um, and you have been better at like keeping like an even temper and also not always, not but laughing. I mean, it, it, it fluctuates different. You know, it does. We us, go back and forth. With fortunately, it. one of us is normally a good parent. Yes. <laughs> and we can't the both one, be good parents at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have been on occasion, but that would be crazy. As a, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I've told some other people who like understand and like the world of sports is that um, we had a, I don't know if you heard, like people make that joke all the time where you go from uh, two kids to three, you go from man to zone. So mm-hmm. I always tell them that we had a matchup. Problem. I don't know nothing about sports. We had a matchup problem at two, so it didn't matter. And we still have that same matchup problem. <laughs> we got uh, this this re- three-person receiver core that we pl- try to play defense against every week has a Justin Jefferson in it and can't nobody cover him. We don't got nobody big enough. We don't got nobody fast enough. We don't got nobody strong enough. Double teams don't work. We just out here trying to stay afloat. But anyway, are you going to tell the story that, <laughs> that I know? That I feel like it's bad words, but... It's not bad words. It's not to me. It is. I was telling my parents this the other day and they were, I was like, it's going to reflect poorly on both me and on him, but you know, whatever. Think I'm a bad mother and think you have a monster grandchild. Um, but it was funny. So I wanted to give him the funny part, but it, telling my parents couldn't be funny because trying to say the words to him just confused him so much. Luckily there was like somebody who was like 30 there. who's like, no, this isn't like a crazy thing anyway. So um, my, a couple of days after Christmas, my brother-in-law came over to exchange presents because we didn't see him on Christmas. Dominic's brother, Dion. And um, my son, I had made him a Shirley Temple and he was walking around with it. And his uncle said to him, Dion said, Shirley Temple, he's like a fun uncle, you know? I mean, he's an adult, but he's cool. He said, but he's like older than Dominique. It's not like he's Declan's age. Um, and Dion said, Shirley Temple says great. And Declan said to him, I didn't hear it, but he said to them, these nuts taste great. I don't really like the way it sounds coming out of my mouth, but he said, these nuts taste great. My nine-year-old said this to his uncle. And so his uncle told, so of course later, Doug was like, you snitch. Um, his uncle told me that, and he was telling it and laughing, so I couldn't keep his right face. And I was horrified. I was like, and I didn't laugh the first time. I was like, he said, what? I've never heard him say that. I was so horrified. Like, I was so mad at him, right? So I wait till the girls aren't around, and I like, go and catch him. And I'm like, Declan. Don't you ever let me hear you say thinking about these nuts again. And he like went mute. Sometimes like he just stops answering. I'm like, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Because I needed an okay, right? I'm like, do you hear me? So then he says something, but I didn't hear it. And Dominique was behind me. I think Dominique noticed what he said before I did. And I was like, do you hear me? Don't you ever let me hear you say these nuts. And I said, what did you say? And he said, these nuts hear you. To me, to his mother. Like after I told him, don't ever let me hear you say that. And I'm going to be honest, I walked away as fast as I could so that I could laugh because it was funny, even though I was really, really angry. And then I came back and luckily Dominique was there to be angry, but like what the, and I heard he said it again one day, but it's okay. He's going to stop. He's never going to say these nuts again. <laughs> yep. so I'm well, intimidating. When I, I think laugh. this is a great segue so that, um, uh, maybe Christina doesn't want any advice from us given yeah, that you shouldn't. clearly. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I think we, we tell, sometimes we tell the, the stories that are most interesting and funny and not all the really great stories about our son, Declan, because oh, yeah, they aren't wonderful. funny and interesting. But anyway, Christina Buswell, producer on this podcast, please come on and share your good news. Or do you want me to share your good news? How do you want to do this? You want to tell everybody about it? I mean, it's your show and it's your segment, but, uh, but I'm engaged. Yay.
congratulations to Mike. Thank you. I mean, you. congratulations to you too, but really congratulations to Mike because I, I don't know him. So I'm on your side. I'm team Christina. Thank he you. really came up on this he one. Got a winner. Um, do you want to tell anything about the engagement, the the extremely romantic <laughs> engagement? Uh, it's it- at first, I was really upset about it. And to preface, I'm obviously very, very happy that I'm engaged. But the way the evening went, I was not very happy about it. But now it makes for a funny story. So a few days ago, we thought that Mike had food poisoning because he ate raw oysters. So we thought he was sick to his stomach. Maybe he had food poisoning. He wasn't feeling well from like Wednesday to like Saturday morning. So I figured maybe it's just a bad case of food poisoning. Uh, I also didn't think anything was going to happen. I kind of figured he was going to propose sometime soon. My birthday's in two weeks, so I figured maybe Uh, my birthday, maybe the holidays, you know, who knows. But because he was sick, I definitely didn't think he was going to do it. So he's laying sick in bed on Saturday morning. Uh, He, you know, didn't think he wanted to do anything. The plan was always to go to his uncle's house at night. So I figured maybe we'll just go super late, say Happy New Year's, and then go right home. Um, At about 4.30... He said, um, well, you know, a couple weeks ago, I made dinner reservations at six o'clock at our favorite favorite restaurant. I'm feeling better. Do you maybe want to try to go? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm feeling perfectly fine. So this is exactly why I didn't think that he, you know, that he had food poisoning and nothing else. So we go to the restaurant. We order dinner. It's wonderful. I love this restaurant. We go all the time. We've brought Mike there the last three years for his birthday. You know, we love it. He also hadn't proposed up until this point. So I'm still thinking it's not happening. It's raining. You know, he wasn't going to do it outside the restaurant. He's not going to ruin his pants. So we get inside the restaurant. (laughs) He's not one for public display of affection. So I definitely didn't think he'd do it in front of a crowd of people. But we order dinner. Everything's going fine. I keep asking him if he's feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. The waitress comes over and asks for dessert. And he said, "Um, no, we'll just do another round of drinks. And then he looks at me and goes, um... I have so much I want to say to you right now, but I Aww. I am going to cry. I just need to ask you something. And so he got down on a knee. I get tunnel vision. I don't know what's happening. I'm like, oh, my God. I say yes before he even gets out anything he's saying. <laughs> Everyone's cheering. There's live music. They start playing music for us. I'm Aww. crying. He's crying. It was wonderful. The best best engagement proposal I could have ever asked for. Um, yes. so we're calling everybody. We're so happy. We're on the way to his uncle's house. Little did I know he invited my parents to be there. So my parents Aww. and his parents, his whole family met us over at his uncle's house. We're walking up to his uncle's door. <gasps> I instantly get cold sweats. And I'm like, oh, am I just like nervous or something? Like what's happening? Like this has never happened to me. Maybe I'm just, you know, I drank champagne. Maybe I don't know what's going on in my head. I don't know. <laughs> So we walk in, everybody's cheering for us, and I get tunnel vision. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm I think I'm gonna be sick. And I can't be sick in front of all these people. I I gotta go. So I ran to the bathroom, instantly sick, and was like, maybe I ate something weird at dinner. I have no idea. <laughs> and so then I come out, my dad says a speech, his dad says a speech, and I'm like, I am I cannot keep it together. I am profusely sweating. Like we have pictures of Mike and I standing there with champagne, and he's looking so cute. He's like, Thank you, everybody. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm visibly like unwell. And my mom keeps looking at me like, Are you okay? And I'm like, 
Like you can see me in the video be like, I don't feel very good. And so basically we ended up leaving. I felt so horrible because they decorated the whole house. We had an engagement cake and everybody had oh my like God. happy engagement hats and everything. And I said, I am going to be sick all night. If I stay here, I have to go home. We go home, basically spent the next six hours sitting on the bathroom floor me being sick, him rubbing my back saying, Aww. it's okay. I kept asking, are you going to take this back now? Because I ruined our engagement. <laughs> Please don't take it back. I already said yes. And he's like, oh my God, absolutely not. So he said, happy new year with my head in the toilet that's, and him rubbing my back. So that is that's how our story. new year's went. I like, I like that story better. Than you know what? Your rose gets taken back, Dominique. Mike is the better caretaker. It sounds like, <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. oh, that's well, so I mean, exciting. Mike yeah, didn't so have three sweet. kids to, to take care of also. I'm saying, I mean, it's not a competition True. or anything. Apparently, but. it is. We don't have a full house over here. Apparently, it is. Um, go ahead. You, I was wondering if if you had some advice for marital life or this. Um, this segment is kind of about marriage and relationships, so like we should offer. Yeah, some give me all the advice. Give me some tips. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I already started off on a weird foot, so <laughs> give me all the advice. That's great. You don't have any advice, Ashley? Oh, you're asking me if I, okay. Yeah, I thought I was you were asking, asking Christina, Christina for advice. If she had advice. I was like, <laughs> man, just because Mike's a better caretaker doesn't mean like she has advice already. I was really confused. Um, do I have advice? I think that like stuff, like I always hear people say how hard marriage is, right? Like, and I'm not going to say like being married is easy and like making compromises is easy. Um, but I feel like it ebbs and it flows, you know, like, and like, as people like we ebb and flow. So like, like what I was thinking, another thing I was thinking about talking about today was perhaps like New Year's, not even resolutions, because I'm not a big resolutions person, but like hopes for myself. Hopes are nice because it's like resolutions that you're not really committing to. It's like, I mean, I hope this happens, but if it doesn't happen, <laughs> and like maybe instead of roses or thorns for Dominique, hopes for Dominique for the new year. And so um, I didn't have anything deep, which is why I didn't talk about it, but here I am talking about it. But like basically what my two main things I was thinking about was like for me like I hope that I have been in years of like like focusing on my kids and not necessarily focusing on myself or my passions or growth or new experiences for me and I feel like he but I'm having fun like I'm so happy and I'm hanging out with my friends and whatever whereas he maybe hasn't had time to prioritize like relationships and like some of the self-care that I have time for and he's like always like forging like new paths for himself and like a new experience coming up with new experiences the things that like I feel like I need to start doing more of um he's been going hard with for the past several years um and so I feel like we kind of need to like switch a little bit and not not like in a like I need to go out in the work world way so don't don't pull that <laughs> card and tell me you'll be the stay-at-home dad now like announce um, my retirement from the podcast what a segment Christina. this would be no not at all um but but so but I think that like there's like balance like like you know like and you and and obviously there are points where you're both going to be able to be like soaring um and then there are points where like you'll support each other and he'll care for you when you're sick or you know while you are like out there in the world making your dreams come true he'll be like supporting you whether you have kids or not like he'll be helping to support that and vice versa and so so that's not real advice that's like tying in new year's hopes with with thoughts but but i don't know i i think that's something that like i think a lot of times people say marriage is hard maybe that's part of it but it's like finding the balance is important um and knowing that there is going to be like that 
I was thinking that I, I know that you guys have known each other for a really long time, right? Like since high school, right? Yeah, we met when we were 16, but we never oh. we never dated. We um we met at a high school party and um we were friends through high school. He went to the University of Connecticut for school. I went to Kentucky. So we went to school 13 hours apart. But we remained friends through college. I would come home on Thanksgiving and Christmas break. We would hang out. We have a lot of mutual friends. Um, And we always joked with each other, like, what if we were in the same situation? And I was always of the mindset of we need to, you know, we're the exact same person. We need, and I, I knew in myself, I needed to mature. I needed to be independent. I needed to do my own thing. And I knew he did too. And we were not in the right place, definitely not to do a long distance relationship. So I said, if we're ever in the right place, it'll happen. You know, and I'm a big believer of timing is everything and what will be will be. So after college, I moved across the country for work, you know, countless times. And he stayed home in Connecticut, got himself a really nice job after school. I'm freelancing around the country, just trying to get my foot in the door with ESPN. Thank you for hiring me, ESPN. Please keep me. Um, And so uh, when I ended up moving home in 2019, uh, we hung out for the first time in years on New Year's. So that's why he ended up proposing oh, on New Year's was because that was our first time hanging out since, I don't know, college. So uh, it was really nice that uh, that it all ended up tying together. But yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Well, um, I brought that up because I think, at least for me, I did not anticipate how much change there would be. Mm. Like, as a as a person and and how much Ashley would change and how much circumstances would change is because you feel like you're going to be married to the same person forever and you also feel like you're going to be the same person that you are forever and i think like the best thing you can do is understand and anticipate that those things will change and also like recognize that you have some control over that change as something that I never really considered as much is I've always kind of told people that uh, one of the main reasons why I was really attracted to Ashley was because she was really smart and did really well in school. And I was like, she's going to be like a big fancy career lawyer person. And like, that was attractive to me. And that, w- that person would not work for the life that we have now. Uh and she's become a different, better version of herself. And I think that I always assume that we both kind of change organically. But I think that we also like made decisions that like and prioritize things. And while now I think, as she said earlier, she wants to like get out in the world and do more things. I don't know what that means. I know, but I, I guess the <laughs> point I'm making is that that when you said that, it kind of made it clear to me that you made some decisions <laughs> and and if things were, if circumstances were different um, and different pressures were there, you would have made different decisions and you could have been a different person. And we could have been people that did not continue to, cause I feel like we're better matches with each other now than we were when we got married. And I used to think and it I was like, like you more and love you more. Yeah. Now also. I think that's the whole point too. You're supposed yeah. to grow together. Right. I guess I, I kind of used to think that it was just like this is we got lucky that we changed in ways that fit well together. But I actually think that looking back on it is like we made decisions and we made choices and we like like pushed ourselves to be better for each other. And it's worked out. If you don't mind me asking, Christina, I don't know this. How old are you? 
I'm 27 turning 28 in two weeks. Oh, okay. So like you've been like, I know, but not like, like I was 25 when we got married. And so like, I feel like already it sounds like, you know, like after college for him, he played football and like, so in some ways had to mature so much, but also was just like really focused on that and not on other aspects of like his life or growth or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's offensive to say, but, um, but like, and for me, I taught for a couple years right after college. And then I went to back to school. I went to law school and um, we ended up getting married my right, summer before my third year of law school. And so like in the years, of course, when I was like teaching and stuff, I felt kind of like an adult, but I lived in my parents' house because I was teaching in DC and DC rent was very expensive. So like I kind of, but I was still not very independent, but it sounds like you've already had so many years to be independent. So the lesson that, and, and, and it was intentional, like you made that decision. He's talking about how you have to make decisions that are like for, you know, what's best for you guys as a couple. It sounds like you've been doing that already for a lot of years, probably more. I think, I think we just ended up like, I don't think we, we thought as much before we got married. <laughs> and it sounds like you have, I was like, I just really like him. I love him. Like, get married. And I knew that he was somebody I went to be like, uh, so I'm not saying that it, but it sounds like you, and maybe because you're old, a little bit older than we were, then you have been more thoughtful or you're just a smarter person. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> so I think that you're already on a good path and doing a lot of the stuff that, uh, that Dominique mentioned, which is great, which means you well, don't need our you. advice. The student has become the teacher in next episode next week. Yeah. You can teach us some things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. We should learn from you. Everyone can learn from each other. Um, yes. Sarah and Addie, next week, you guys need to come teach us something. There we go. Because when I say I want to grow, like, honestly, or like expanding yesterday, I said growth. Now I'm like, eh, you know, just like maybe even like tap back into some of my passions. Like, I don't know, um, whatever those used to be. But maybe it's like I just want to I used to like baking for a little bit in 2020 and 2021. And maybe it's something I could be really good at. Maybe it's just that. Like, I mean, I don't think it's just that. But I don't want it to be. It's just like volunteering in my kids' classrooms because like that is what has like suck so much of my time but yes maybe whatever you teach me guys is the thing that's going to catapult this this passion or growth that i'm looking to experience in 2023 hoping to experience but not resolving to experience <laughs> <laughs> all right well i demand that id come on and teach us hair care first of all Ooh, yes anytime i'm scrolling instagram i stop on on id's posts and ask myself some questions because the hair is just stunning. And Beautiful. I'm like, I have feelings that I didn't expect to have. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> have a wonderful 2023, you guys. See you next week. And it's Bye. luscious. <laughs> Bounces. Long. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.